1: Severe MMA, severe MMA, <laughs> severe MMA, severe
0: MMA. The severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode two hundred and eighty-eight of the severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan. Back to life a little bit this week, anyway. Uh, joined today by Graham McDonald. Let's talk about what was. You know, a busy enough week in the world of mixed martial arts. A uh, big UFC card last night. Uh, an Irish trained fighter fought for a belt or title during the week. There was a uh, really good KSW card last night. An insane main event as well, so... Uh, a big weekend in the world of MMA. Before we get into all that, though, let's give a quick shout out to our sponsors, Manscaped. So if you want to uh, help support us, head on over to Manscaped. Use the promo code SEVERE MMA. Uh, Manscaped are the best in blow the waist, men's grooming, that for precision tools. For your family, Jules. Manscaped just launched in the UK and Ireland. And we've gone years without using the right tools for the job. And you can be the first man around Ireland and England to get uh, to get this life-changing experience. I know myself and Graham have been looking for this our whole lives. Got away, fucking hacking the... <laughs> Hacking down there to try to be presentable, but uh, now now is the time to get it, and that's why Manscaped redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, and just released the new improved, uh more tree pine dough in the in the UK. I have it around here. Where is it? It's around here somewhere anyway. Uh, My room was clean there the other day, and it's gone fucking missing. So it's around here somewhere. I was looking for it. Uh, And the third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming incidents. Uh, uh, When I tell you it's premium I mean premium The bathroom uh... Oh Oh Jesus Christ Is that where your on going Is that, <laughs> 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 that I, I think you have that too close To the microphone or <laughs> My one sounded way better than that. The, ba- um, the battery lasts 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. It's waterproof, so you can use it uh, in the shower. It's one of the coolest features. This is the LED light. I love that. That's brilliant. Uh, it's really, really handy. And it uh, illuminates the whole area. They've upgraded to a 7000 stroke RPM motor with coil-stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. To show your more off loud and proud because the intelligent design stand is convenient. Charging that powered by USB. And if you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand. Uh, let's get that bush to tush clean. So get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code severe at manscaped.com. Make your testies their besties. Get 20% off free shipping with the code SevereMay at manscaped.com. 20% off free shipping manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you later. Graham. Now where's my one? Help us, help you. Where the fuck is my one? Hold on, I need to find my one. Where's it? It's off, like it's off the walk. Is that it? Hold on. No, I don't know where the fucking thing's gone. Someone, there'll be a fucking hell to pay. Hell to pay, Graham. My fucking manscaped
1: Pat's Pat probably shaving his balls <laughs> in it now. He just slide so, so it back into your bag later.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, where the fuck did that go? Where did that go? I actually, I'd pay my my niece got her, uh, um, junior start results this week, and she, she was looking for money, so I paid her to clean my room, and now everything's upside down. I don't know where fucking things are. My fucking manscapes has gone flying. But sure, look, these things happen in MMA. Anyway. Graham. Before we get into all the MMA and all, right? I just wanted there was one thing that kind of came up on Twitter this week. So it was the it was the anniversary of McGregor versus Alvarez, which I'm obviously you know and everyone that's listening to this podcast knows is like one of the best performances ever. But I put up this tweet about um, like I thought it was a culmination of one of the most uh, I use the word extraordinary uh, sequences like 11 months a year in the history of MMA. So it started with McGregor beating Aldo, then. The two Diaz fights and then the, the Alvarez fight. So the quickest, one of the quickest knockouts in UFC title fight history, beating a guy who was undefeated for nine years, coming in on short notice, taking on Nate Diaz, losing, yeah. which was unbelievably extraordinary. And in the second fight, winning it over five rounds in a, in a fight, which I picked Nate Diaz. You know, a lot of people counted him out. And then coming back... And to, so he went from 145 on short notice, went to 170, then back down to 155 and won a title and became a double champ. Like, we, we have to remember sometimes in MMA, right? And I saw a lot of people were putting up, oh, what about John Jones? He beat, like, Shogun and Rampage and stuff. There, there's been some great runs in MMA, right? Some great years, some great six months, some great 11 months. But we have to remember, right? If you're if you're a soccer team, right, and you still Liverpool are playing, right, and, and they beat Man United this week, next week they beat uh Man City, next week they beat they're playing the Champions League, they beat Bayern Munich in the week after they're playing Real Madrid and they beat him. It's a fantastic run. But it does you mentioned Man United didn't it? <laughs> Yeah <laughs> fourteen to the Premier League in the middle of November. Yeah, but it's not the same as that happening in a combat sport. It's not the same as, like, just win after win after win is not the same as, like, having a big, huge storyline behind you. Or having a loss in the middle of it and coming back all in a short space and selling that much, uh, that many pay-per-views and becoming that big of a star. Like, MMA and boxing as well, to to a certain extent, in in a different sort of way, are... Prize-fighting sports. They're combat sports. They're not like other sports. It's not just win after win after win. You know, and all you have to do is look at the likes of Tony Ferguson. All you have to do is look at the likes of Leon Edwards. They had win after win after win. Where did it get him? You know, there's a big difference between just win after win after win, even fantastic win after win after win, and winning, or even losing, in the way that McGregor did in that sort of period there. Similar sort of thing happened to Masvidal. He... Got some great wins in there with the likes of of Darren Till and and uh, and the other ones as well. But it was like the three piece in the soda in the background. <laughs> the great
1: wins like uh, Ben Askren. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, that's a, yeah. that's a good one. But you know what I mean. Like it was, it was not just those wins alone. If another fighter had got those wins alone, he wouldn't have brought him to the same way, the same place as it brought him, or has that he's even still in. If it was someone else or done in a different way or didn't have the backstage fight with Leon Edwards. ...or didn't just strike the magic... ...and that's the main crux of it I think... ...it's just striking that magic... ...and we can't deny it... ...if we do deny it... ...and we say alright... ...you know McGregor went 3-1 in that... Uh, ...in that 11 eleven one period... ...John Jones went 4-0 in a period... The same, ...you know Leon Edwards went 4-0 in a period... ...at the same time... ...or you know other guys as well like that... It's ...it just shows a complete misunderstanding of MMA... ...and I think my, my main point here is... ...MMA and the way MMA has been covered and has been supported is changing a lot these days. Uh, MMA back in the day used to be like me and you, Graham, kind of people who were fans of the sport and kind of came into it. Uh, and we're kind of, uh, for, for for us at least, I think we were kind of forced to cover the sport because there was no one else covering it. And we kind of brought our joy and love into it. Now, over the years, it's been maybe dwindled away a bit because there's just so much stuff on all. But we, I think we still have that kind of understanding and, and love for the actual sport deep down. I think there's a lot of people covering MMA today who don't actually have that, who don't have the love and joy for the sport or the understanding of the sport. They got into the sport because they realized you can, uh, you know, you can fucking it's get a good SEO score. Like the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's
1: bandwagoning, like the fans bandwagon. People think, oh, this is like, you know, I can do this and become, you know, mm-hmm. relevant in this space and make money and they don't, re- maybe they don't really realize that <laughs> the MMA is not really making any money, but... I suppose, you know, people see something rising, as Dana White used to always say, the fastest-growing sport in the world. People hear stuff like that, and they want to jump on board. Maybe yeah. they don't have the the knowledge or the passion, but they, they want to be involved.
0: Yeah, indeed. And, like, I, I think it's it's in a different way. Maybe they have the passion, but it's like... I, I know... Uh, I was talking to people before, and they have the, the passion for, like, journalism or the passion for being, like, involved in something, but maybe not the passion for the actual sport of MMA itself, which is fair enough. But you... I, I think people consuming MMA media and people consuming the sport in kind of the way it kind of should be consumed, if you know what I mean, or the people listening to this podcast or other big MMA podcasts um, kind of sh- deserve the, the sport to be covered. I think like people have a responsibility to do that. People who've been around a long time. It's not just people who've been around a long time. There's some people who come into the sport and have a love and joy for the sport. Like even Ian O'Neill who started writing for us like you could see the the love and joy for the sport that <laughs> that he has, you know, and it's people like that we need we need to to look at going forward as well to uh, to help us get the understanding of the sport because it's it's a very very it's a very very precarious place in which we find us ourselves at the moment because we have a people like we have people who are trying to push a certain way and like uh, it's it's a it's a different. It's a different sort of argument for different sorts of things. When we're talking about, like, extraordinary moments in MMA or when we're talking about greatness in MMA in in all different ways, not just as a fighter or just as, like, you know, uh, a, a draw or whatever... It's, it's an all-encompassing sport. I know we were talking about, like, the GOAT discussion before, and you all make the point, like, should, should like, pay-per-view buys be involved in the GOAT discussion? And in another sport, like, imagine if you said, uh, is is Messi or Ronaldo the sport? Well, you know, Ronaldo got uh, 100,000 people to watch his, uh, or uh, 100 million to watch his match, and Messi only got 99 million. Ronaldo's the best. That doesn't come into it in other sports, like, so. I don't know, it's, MMA has always been a very all-encompassing sport, I think, and I think it'll continue to be that way. And I just, like, think it, there's can be a bit of a revisionist history as well. And I think, you know, we, I remember us when we were kind of watching those Sakuraba um uh, career retrospectives and people like that—we kind of made mention of the fact that we weren't there at the time. Like you know, some people tried to make out as if they were, but like we were there at the time for these McGregor fights coming up, or for these John Jones fights coming up. And you can look back and you can see like great runs by both guys, but the difference and the sport-changing aspect of one of them compared to the other one is just non-comparable. But anyway, uh, I don't know why I—I I, I just like I saw a few people replying to that tweet during the week, and I was like. <laughs> This is worrying that people don't get this. Like they just don't get what MMA is. MMA is not just like a sport. It's not just wins and losses. If it was, we wouldn't have stars like McGregor. We wouldn't have stars like Masvidal. We wouldn't have big fights last night like Feller versus Dos Anjos that people like really cared about and people got into it. and that was a really good fight. Like I think Luke Thomas tweeted out about uh Dos Anjos that we boxing doesn't have. At Los Angeles, it doesn't have a guy who, you know, lost fights coming up, then became a champion, then lost a lot of fights again, went a weight, went back down weight, and now is a contender again, fighting the main events. That's a thing that's uh, you know only in MMA, and I'm glad we have that in MMA because it's not you know if if MMA if every time you took a loss you were kind of written off and it it, it that happens a small, a small bit but like you can come back again. It it'd be a very bad sport. It'd be a very very harsh sport if that happened. Uh, and I I love that we have fighters like Dos Angeles and we have people who can kind of come back. But anyway, however, let's let's get into that fight. I suppose Graham, now, now that I mention it, what did you think of the? I, I suppose, first of all, before we get into the fight, Felder cutting weight. He said he wore. He, he's gone. What were you going to say there?
1: I was gonna say clear forty-eight,
0: forty-seven, for Felder. Yeah, oh God, I forgot about that. I forgot about that.
1: <laughs> Nearly as bad as you as your as your your earlier scorecard or your earlier round round card.
0: Yeah, we we get into that. <laughs> we wait for that. I was going Yeah, people people were giving me severe abuse for that. But anyway, um,
1: Not because you're wrong,
0: <laughs> my, 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 Mr., Mr. High and
1: Mighty Judge. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you,
0: gotta,
1: a, you build yourself up. You're gonna are yeah, gonna was, be knocked down when you when you. When you come out with something wrong,
0: yeah, there was a couple of them last night, but w-
1: w- like, come, come up and some would say, <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, come up and, let, let's talk about the fights, all right, and we'll talk about the weight cut and, and stuff as well after in, in a second. But like, if you look at that fight, I, I was watching it live and I was like, you know, for 50 45, I thought the fourth round was relatively close. I was like, I go overboard in terms of when a guy takes a guy down and doesn't land much damage, I I'm the harshest person, ever, I like, I've had to recalibrate the way I think about fights because I'm too harsh in the way I score them that way. And I still think Dos Anjos <laughs> won those rounds in the middle. Now, the the, the the first round, okay, the first round, I think Ivory judge gave that to Dos Anjos. It was a relatively close round, out and a lot of it in the feet, but I think Dos Anjos won it. The second round, I thought it was the most dominant round of the fight. Dos Anjos just took him down and... Uh, and like to kind of just beat him up it was i thought he was winning on the feet as well you know relatively well but you know even when he did take him down he was just like beating him up there i thought it was a dominant round third round as well not as much action almost nothing in the, in the third round but dos just was winning that fight and the fourth round was the same and Dos just caught him with that shot near the end and i think it, you can't ignore that I, I think he won that and in the the fifth round he won uh, he won again even uh even better now the one of the judges yeah. gave round that, two, three, and four to those and just—I yeah, definitely—I I I could, could see, see four, four, like... Yeah not two definitely not two even three at a stretch but two not and two. three no
1: way no way not two or three It's just uh when they when they started reading it out i thought or buffer started reading it out the way he re- re- read it out like he didn't say all three judges i thought he just like made a mistake mm-hmm. you know what i mean he just like or one gave it ten or something like, or yeah I mean, like 48 47 and he said felder i was like what yeah. <laughs> i was like what i was like, what? I was like what, was I, what was i watching here i don't know what the fuck this judge is watching
0: yeah it was it was one of those five where you're I'm watching it from a judging point of view, and I'm like, <clears throat> I, I I got to 30 27. I'm like, right, it was, I suppose it was a closer fight than that, but there's, no, you, I don't think there's an argument for Felder in any of those rounds. And it like, came to the fourth round, and I'm like, you know, <laughs> okay, there's an argument for him there, and in the fifth round, there wasn't. I'm like, all right, it's this one is like a, just a simple, I know it's never as simple as we make it out, in fairness. And I uh, like, I don't want to go to Judges Union or anything, but like. It was Chris Lee who gave the fight 48-47 to Felder. And I, there are certain fights who that that can be blowaways. You know, that can uh, can look like blowaways, can look like a 50-45. But then there's, you know, a couple of close rounds in there. Maybe even three close rounds that one someone just nicked. You know, maybe on really which this is one of them, but I don't think it is. I really don't. Like, it's, I, I could, if, if at a stretch, it was 48-47 Dos Anjos, and he gave the third, I could say, all right, maybe. But the, that second round, it was just so clearly for Dos Anjos. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's very hard to, uh, to to reconcile that in your head. But anyway, I think, like, on, on the performance itself, I thought it was a very smart performance for Dos Anjos. You know, you take a guy on, on five days' notice who... Uh, you know, he said himself afterwards, <clears throat> he was in good shape, but he wasn't in, you know, in fight shape, he hadn't been in an MMA gym in four months, all he'd done was hit pads, he hadn't done any grappling or anything, and I think when you get a guy like that, you know, test his takedown defence early, and test, you know, not, maybe he's cardio, maybe he's cardio was in good shape because he was training for a triathlon or whatever, but test his... Um, uh, his wrestling cardio and his grappling cardio, you know, it's a very different thing. I think, like, even if you look back at that McGregor versus Diaz fight, you know, there was... the, the Diaz cardio, because he was training for the triathlon or something, look good on the feet because it was there, but maybe, you know, gra- ga- grappling cardio is a little bit different. Obviously, a very different fight. McGregor's not going to take Diaz down, but you know what I mean? Like, I think Dos Anos was smart to do that because I, I thought this fight was going to be... Uh, and I think maybe if it was on, on five uh, or, or on eight weeks or something like that and it was a five-round fight and that long, I think maybe it would have been an all-out um, uh, tactical kind of boxing or kickboxing match because Lasanias was doing well, he was kicking very hard to the body and he was kicking well to the legs, especially early and I thought Felder was feeling it. Uh, in that first round, you know, if there was a lot of straight left from Dos Años in that second round, big, long minutes of clinching, which, you know, I think Herb Dean should have broken up a little bit uh, earlier. And in the, in the third round you know, in was all grueling, kind of wrestling game, lots of clinch again in the fourth. So Dos Años kind of just put it on uh, Felder in, in terms of that kind of grappling realm in, in those rounds, in those middle rounds, and he just really took it out of him. What did you think of the. The game plan from Dos Años and the performance from Feller. Like I thought the performance from Feller was on short notice was was pretty good, but Dos Años always kind of had the upper hand in him throughout the fight, didn't he?
1: Yeah, well I think even if they both had like, you know, a full camp for each other, you'd, you'd still have to to go with Ordier. Like uh he's obviously very well rounded. Okay, maybe he's become a bit inconsistent, but uh at, at at 155 pounds on short notice, Paul Felder coming in cutting a lot of weight. Uh, I know Ordier was was uh, training for a wrestler, but uh, like you know, he's he's been pretty active. It's not as if he hasn't been he hasn't been uh, you know practicing the striking a lot. Uh, of course, he has. Um, yeah, I think it was it was obviously a big ask for Paul Felder to come in and do it, but he like you know he put on a, um a, a, like put up a decent fight, but he's just. Uh, <laughs> He, he, he He's a little bit too one dimensional. Um, you know, uh, people who cause RDA problems are. Uh, well, majority of the fighters who cause RDA problems are, are strong wrestlers, stronger wrestlers than RDA, and yeah. he, he can't deal with that. When, when, like, we've seen him in the past against people like Pettis who are kind of, you know,. Oh, obviously, he's a more unorthodox striker than Felder, but he's a striker like Felder. And Ordier's not afraid to mix in takedowns and he's not afraid to strike. He, he trusts his, his game everywhere. Uh, and that's what he did. He, he went out there and just trusted his game. And, you know, uh, yeah. Felder, you know, he, he did put up a good fight, but he didn't really have many answers for, for what was thrown at him.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting because already as a fighter it's like (laughs) sometimes he does get drawn into just like boxing matches and you kind of sometimes forget I mean, I was guilty of that during the week you kind of forget that he has this in his back pocket as well he has this in his arsenal I suppose we maybe we forget that because as you mentioned there when he does fight wrestlers like uh, Habib he just gets pulled into deep water and kind of destroyed and who was it was it Usman fought him in the same sort of way and he fought you know, other people as well but like, you're supposed to fight Makachev. So, in my mind, I think a lot of people's mind be right. He's going to get, like, mauled again. And now he's a striker match. Oh, he's going to strike. But, no, he decides to do the, the, the mauling a little bit. So, it was, uh, it was it was, very, not only a smart uh, game plan change by RDA, it was also, uh, you know, a tough game plan change. Because, you're obviously, like, Makachev, he wasn't planning to do that to Makachev. You know, he was planning to probably strike with him, probably to stop clinching <laughs> like that or to stop the fight going to the ground so um, it was a big a big seed change i suppose in in the turn in, uh, in in quick order for rds so you have to give him credit uh for that i i don't think we can gloss over the weight cut though because felder said he was low 80s uh when he got the call for the fight before the broadcast last night i think uh, jim edwards put up um, a photo of him on the scale from a recent event now maybe it wasn't that recent but he was weighing in the 90s I think he was come do, as I mentioned he was doing the triathlon and training for that so I'm sure his weight was down a little bit but you're cutting down from say I don't know 185, 183 or whatever and you're getting down to 155 in I, I think five, six days notice so 30 pounds you're getting Paul well Felder to cut weight to fight five rounds with no training behind him Felder has fought at 170 before, Dos has fought at 170 up until his last fight, I believe. Now, I know Dos wants to come down to 155, and that was kind of the reason Felder gave, but... It, I, <laughs> I I don't understand why Dos couldn't wait until his next fight to come down to 170, you know? Why, in, on short note, okay, fair enough, if you're fighting uh, Makachev, and you're wanting to come down to 155, but Makachev, that fight was cancelled, and you this fight was just a savior you know this fight was just kind of saving the card and saving the signless's place on the card and at that stage you take what you can get you know and i i, I just think we are in a, a world obviously in the middle of a pandemic and all where cutting weight is going to make it tougher on your immune system and everything like that just just in, on, on uh, in in that realm but and also just cutting weight itself is a dangerous fucking game and on five days now, I was like, why would you put Paul Felder through that? It's a fight that, is, I, I'm looking at the, the rankings here. Paul Felder is ranked number seven. Uh, RDA isn't ranked at uh, 155. He's ranked number 12 at 170. What difference does this fight make? Like, look at RDA1. Who's he going to fight next? You know, Maybe he'll fight, I don't know, Benil Darius or Kevin Lee or Makachev again. This fight means nothing. It's a good win for RDA, and you know, the both guys pick up their money, but it means nothing in terms of the divisional rankings. It is a fight that easily could have been at 170. Felder would have had to cut the weight. RDA himself, I'm sure he had to, he has to cut weight as well. He wouldn't have had to cut it, and we could have had a lot more safe. Now, okay, Paul Felder went in there, he, he gassed a little bit. He said himself, Did it play an effect? I'm sure it had a little bit of an effect, but it didn't look big in there. But I think the thing is not in the fight, and it's not, uh, I think these guys have great ways of recovering from cutting that weight, but it's cutting the weight itself, getting down there, and how dangerous that actually is. Just why would you take that unnecessary risk? Like, it's a thing we really need to, to get out of, it's a, a sp- look okay for fights, and I, I argue the McGregor versus uh, Paria fight should be at 155. And the reason why is the exact opposite of what I said there a second ago it's because it means something, you know, it could be for a title uh, with Habib gone, or if not, at the very least, it's the, n- the next contender. If Habib is sticking around, if he's fighting at 155. Wh- whoever wins McGregor versus Paria is going to be fighting next, so it means something in the division. You're putting yourself in place to be the next in line. This one is just not that at all. All this was was just completely unnecessary 30 pound weight cut, putting someone in difficulty for absolutely no apparent reason. But anyway, any, any, yeah, like
1: you know, people complain about er people complain about everything. And if you had made this fight at 170s, for example, if you had made it three months out, people would have been like, this makes this doesn't make sense, why is it not at 155? But if you make it five days before, yeah. because, because you know, the, the fight falls apart, nobody's going to complain. People are just going to be happy that the there's a, the main event is back. I don't know if, if much thought went into it. I don't know, maybe Feller just said, oh, I have no problem making 55, send me the contract. But mm-hmm. I'm sure, if, like, I'm, I, I'd am i be surprised if he said, oh, here, here, I'll take it at 170. RDA probably would have accepted for, you know, he went to a camp, wants to get paid, all that stuff. And the UFC won the main event. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe Felder just said, oh, I can make 55, no problem. And that was the end of it. But, yeah, in hindsight, or not even in hindsight, even before the fight, you, you did think it uh, was mm-hmm. unnecessary for this to, for these guys to cut down to 155.
0: Yeah, and, I, like, some people were like, oh, it's great, Felder made the way, He's a gangster. He said he could down to 155. And he is. He's a gangster. Fair play to him. But, like, why? <laughs> it makes no sense. And I know, you know, we have... Um, you Know a kind of a, a rich history of doing this in, in different ways. Like, um, Paul Brown was talking last night about Paul Redmond having to cut the weight to get down to 145 to get into the UFC, and like, and uh, Chris Wyman for Damian Maya as well. And I'm like, okay, they're great, but they're, they're different sort of situations. Like, Paul Redmond was his first fight in the UFC, Chris Wyman was getting like the first big fight of his career against Damian Maya. This is different, like, Felder and RDA
1: Wyman been right. in that fight against Maya noticeably didn't look right yeah. even though he, he went out and won compared yeah. to what he'd been doing before what he did after and uh, directly after he he didn't look himself because these you know these weight cuts are, are no joke these guys are cutting a lot of these guys are cutting as much as they as much as they can you know there mm-hmm. there's no margin for for slip-up or error.
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and, like, we need to get away from that. We, we need to look back at things like that and say, how the fuck did we manage to do that? As, like, especially with... Like, fair enough. Like, let, let's say RDA is the champion at 155 and Felder has to cut 30 pounds to get down to make championship championship. Fair enough. Like it's it's a, it's worth the you know the, the yeah, fucking juice is worth the squeeze yeah. but not for some random fucking main event that makes no difference but anyway uh n- next for RDA I think the Makachev fight makes sense. I think Felder said he's he's uh he's staying on so you know there's lots of fights around there for, for Felder, you know whether it's Darius or or Kevin Lee or Aya Quintar or someone like that, lots of fights around there for Felder as well. So um we'll talk about Reese McKee in a second but let me run through quickly the rest of the card. First, is the last remnant of me, my fucking sickness get out of me. Chaos uh, Williams got a beautiful KO of Abdul Razak Al Hassan. Perfectly timed tweet from me came on, yeah. on screen. It was like someone's going to get hurt there. Like five seconds later, uh, Abdul Razak Al Hassan got absolutely fucking bodied, fell like yeah. a tree. It was, uh, it was yeah, a really
1: I thought. I thought, it, I, I thought that, uh, uh, that it would be the other way around that he'd be more dangerous uh, very early in the fight, and uh, but obviously Chaos Williams got a beautiful, beautiful finish. Mm. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, I don't know. Even even with that win, it's kind of hard to know where Chaos Williams is. Um, uh, like you know, you have a you knock out a guy in the co-main event, uh, you know, you, you think, God, oh, that's that's a huge win. But yeah. I don't know. Does how much does it actually do for him?
0: why i don't know why, why I, think, you I, think be, I think
1: if he if he if he if he had a no i think but if he had a went out there and kind of you know beating him uh, over over 10 15 minutes we, we kind of find out more about chaos williams where he is mm-hmm. obviously it's, it's great he shows he has knockout power and you know he's not afraid to trade with these big hitters but just kind of i thought we might find out a bit more about where his game's at but obviously for him it's perfect you know you go out there you you get a ko you probably get a bonus i didn't i didn't see the bonuses but i, I he probably got a bonus, did
0: he? Uh, he did, yeah. Him and Sean Strickland. Fight at night was Felder versus yeah. Sardier, which I thought was very odd. I thought there was at least mm. two better fights than that at night. I would never. Yeah, it was a good KO. Maybe,
1: maybe I'm biased, but I, I thought the, the McKee fight was was better than the, 100%. the Felder
0: fight. Uh, and I thought the, the Kay and Corey McKenna fight was better as well. That's, that's another fight as well that uh, afterwards I was like, hooray for judging because I thought uh, McKenna had won the fight from the bottom. Uh, and Especially in the third round. Now, you can look back at the fight, and I think all three rounds were actually maybe closer than they looked. <laughs> if and, and, and all three judges gave a 29-28, and all three judges gave the first two rounds to McKinna. And I think, I actually thought the third round, maybe not her best round, I, well, I'm not sure if it was the first or the second, but there was one round that I think McKinna was kind of clearly winning, I think it was the second, if I'm, I, I don't know. But the third round... Like, Hanson was on top for a lot of that round, but McKenna was yeah, landing the, second, the m- yeah. much the better stuff. She was landing elbows from the top. Okay, McKenna went for... Uh, or, uh, Hanson went for um, a head and arm joke, which was relatively close, so you definitely scored that. But then McKenna ended up getting on top towards the end of the round as well. I thought she won the third round, I was like, oh, yeah, they, they scored the third round for her, and then none of the judges actually scored the third round for her. But however, I like... It was. I, I thought it was one of those fights where all three rounds were close and I think McKenna's bottom game in the in the one round where maybe Hansen was, was on top in the first two, whichever it was. Um, McKenna was landing from the bottom as well in that round and I think she deserved to win it. It, like it, it was one of those fights where it could have been 30-27 McKenna the way the the way the cards came out, but it would have looked very, very fucking harsh, and, you know, it's 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 one of them, I definitely think she deserved to win, but it, it, it's a fight that, you know, you have to kind of look at the, the criteria, and that third round was close as well, they were all, you know, they were all close, to be honest, it was one, it, like, it was literally a fight that could have gone thirty twenty seven either way, but I think by the, by the, the, the law, uh, by the, by the, the criteria, I think it went the right way, even though maybe I don't agree with all the rounds going the right way, but however, um, Ashley Oder beat uh, Miranda, uh, Miranda away in a Granger. Very good, uh, very good win for their hard Even though it was one of the most boring fights ever. Uh, Sean Strickland beats uh, Brendan Allen. Look really good through his hands as well. Uh, you know, very unorthodox looking Sean Strickland always is, but he's power and you know Bisping kind of compared him to himself, which is not a bad comparison to be honest. But a uh, really good, uh, really good win there. And then he called out Bisping after like seventeen seventy seven. We beat the English, and Bisping was like. All right, who cares? <laughs> that was very funny for American dig. Um, can I yeah, go Especially away? when Bisping is from Cyprus. <laughs> yeah, indeed, yeah, he was only talking about his Cypriot roots there the other day, actually. But uh, Kanako Morata beat Randa Marcos, 30 dominant there, some takedowns and things, not much happened. Tony Gravely beat uh, Geraldo de fredes I actually missed that because I was watching Katie Taylor. Uh, and in the first fight at night, Dante Mez beat Rocky Martinez, by an unanimous decision, a heavyweight fight, two big medium in men slapping meat. Terrible, useless. Uh, yeah, and like looking through that card, it's hard not to argue that Morona versus McKee was the the fight of the night. I think it was like the third most strikes thrown and absorbed in uh, in welterweight history for a three round fight. A really good back and forth. Um I know you were giving out to me, maybe I scored the second round from McKee, but I, I scored the overall to Marona, and I talked the second round was very close. So I scored 29-28 at Marona, I could have been 30-27, I know people giving out to me, said, I oh, you're smart and the Irish lad and all, but fair enough. I, it was one of those fights where McKee came out, like we, we talked about Reese McKee before, and I think Reese McKee's not maybe not his best attribute, but his most... <laughs> He's like the thing that that tells me Reese McKee can be a really, really good fighter is how cool he has looked in previous fights and how comfortable he looks in there. And early in this fight, I don't think he looked that comfortable. You know, I I think it took him a while to get into the fight. And by the time he kind of got into the fight, I think Morono had reddened up his face. He'd landed lots of shots, lots of big shots. And you're kind of fighting from behind at that stage. Now, I think he did a great job coming back into it in the second. I think his jabs right down through the middle were really, really good. And even in the start of the third, he was fighting well until that mouthpiece incident happened. And then Morono was able to take him down and and clearly won the third round. But it was was one of those fights where, you know, I scored the second round for Morono, but maybe that... I made it look like a closer fight... Than it actually was... But it was on... I think a lot of people... After watching that fight... It was funny... I was reading... For some reason... Oh I was looking at the the video... Of the the mouthpiece thing... And I was reading the comment section... On Facebook for an, an odd reason... It was like Americans and stuff... I saw a lot of them saying... Or Reece, you know, Reese McKee is a very, very good fighter. He just needs... And, uh, okay, maybe they were listening to Bisping and kind of parenting what he was saying. He was like, They're just, he just needs a bit of experience in there. And I really think that's it. Like, re- uh, okay, we might be a little bit biased, but we've seen Reese McKee and we know how good of a fighter he actually is. And I think with if he's given another chance, if he's given, like, I, I, and it's not just matchmaking as well, I, I don't think Morano was a particularly tough matchup, I just think it was, uh, at the, that first round, he took so many shots, in, and he, he landed his own shots as well, but he took so many shots that it's very hard to come back from a, a kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, come come back from being behind like that, like he was in the first round, what do, what do you think overall of the performance of, of Reese McKean before we get maybe into his future?
1: Yeah, he definitely like he usually he starts slow uh, or he starts fast in his uh in his you know uh, regional days or his mm-hmm. his pre UFC days, yeah. and th- this time he kind of you know he, he's not used to fighting from behind, and obviously he t- he took a good bit of damage in the first round, and obviously um you, you know when you're Owen one in the UFC, you got you got smashed in your first fight, like the pressure's on a bit. Maybe that played into it. But he, yeah, he didn't look himself. Um, I, I don't know about the one seventy thing. I know everybody seems to be in agreement that one seventy is good for him. But I don't know when he, if he can still make one fifty five and have that reach advantage and you know have that strength advantage, that I think it, I don't know. I think that could be better for him. Uh, I like. <laughs> Hopefully the UFC give him another shot because, you know, if you go 0-2, you can get caught. Um, but, you know, he he kind of showed a lot of what Dana and UC Brass like from a fighter. You know, he he took the shots and tr- stayed in the pocket, tried to come, tried to fight back. Um, you know, uh, this is the second fight in a row where kind of guys have gotten easy enough takedowns against them think maybe he's gonna have to you know improve on that or maybe maybe at welter or maybe at lightweight it might be a little bit easier to to use his his distance and to the guys are obviously not as not as strong generally but once you get to the top of that or towards the top of that fifty five division it is it is a killer's row so there's no there's no easy path but um yeah, uh, it is it's a tough loss for Reese. Like I I I had a 30-27 like uh from Morono and I think I think most people had that. Um it, like it wasn't a blowout. He was in the fight. He was landing shots, but he just was absorbing way too many shots and um from Morono I think like he fought a really smart game plan. Like you know, he mixed in takedowns, He mixed in. Yeah. He mixed in everything. He's he's obviously more experienced in the UFC. And as Bisming was talking about, like you know, it does take a uh, it does take some fighters a little while to kind of find their feet in the UFC. And kind of no matter what they've done outside the UFC, like some guys can come in straight away and just just do it. But other guys, it does take a little while. So hopefully we we do see Reese with a with a like not an easy matchup, but a, a winnable. You know. Closely contested matchup uh, in the UFC for his next one, yeah. uh, and I think I think he probably will get another shot because you know Dane is historically known to like fighters who fight like Reese did last night.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think as well. Like if you look at Reese McGee and where he came from, like I, everyone must expect him to fight for a Cage Warriors title. And usually, when guys fight for a Cage Warriors title and win it, they maybe have one more, maybe two more, and then. Go to the UFC. Reese missed out on that kind of that next big fight, and that, like they matter. Those fights matter when you have kind of that title fight, and it prepares you a little bit more for the UFC. Uh, and the uh, the biggest issue with that as well, he his first fight, he didn't have that, and then he really didn't have the UFC debut either because he fought fucking Shimaif, which is the toughest debut you could ever get, and then he came into the last one and looked a little bit nervous, I thought, and didn't fight his best fight. Like I think. And like okay, I might be a little bit biased here again, but I think Reese McKee is a better fighter than Alex Morona and I think I think he, you know on his best and on, uh, on Morona's best, I think Reese McKee wins that fight. But it, that just didn't happen last night. And all credit to Morona for that. As you mentioned there, his game plan was really good. He mixed things up. I thought Reese, look, like, he got taken down a couple of times, but he got back up most of the time as well. So I thought he did uh, better uh, there. Yeah,
1: in, the, in the third round, he like was on the bottom yeah, the and he slapped there. on like a, a, a fucking body triangle. It's like, mm-hmm. Jesus, you, you, you're, you're losing this fight. You, you, there's no benefit to... Having the guy in your in your body triangle from the bottom here, you need. I don't know what the thinking was there. Like you know, it, I don't think it was tiredness because they just had a fucking twenty-five minute break while they searched for the fucking mouthpiece. Yeah, I think that might have benefited Moreno. He did seem to be gassing a little bit more, but he reset really him with a lovely kick to was... the
0: body as well just before that, and it, that definitely hurt him. Yeah, and like that. Yeah, yeah I think it did benefit Moreno, all right. But uh, like the, the, uh, when you are talking about one fifty-five, I think we we talked about that before and. I think the one argument for that is... Well, there's a lot of arguments for it, but the argument that he could go to 155 is maybe he's a little bit more money now being in the UFC, but two losses in a row, not getting the bonus here, which he probably should have got, I think... It hasn't earned that much money yet. Probably what, like twenty grand, twenty four grand, maybe from the UFC, which is not a lot of 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 money even to keep you going when you you know haven't been able to fight for a while because of the pandemic and things like that. So, you know, may, maybe it'll see him through, and maybe he'll be able to get a camp and get to one fifty five for his next fight. But I probably not, I don't think he will just because of what he said himself, but. You know, I, I don't think it might be the worst move in the world when you can do it healthy, We can do it full-time when, you know, when it's, you know, if you lose his next fight, I think you probably will get caught, unfortunately, so, it, you know, you're taking a chance, I don't know if you should take the chance or not, it's, it's for people smarter than me, maybe, to, to make that call, but, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's definitely something I think they need to think about if they get another chance. And it's not you know it's not guaranteed. There's a lot of ins and outs in the UFC at the moment. But uh, I, I agree with you. Like I think he will get another chance. I think he deserves it, especially after fight taking that in short and especially after a very very good fight last night. But well, we must talk about this Moutby thing as well. You know, for it was one of the the weirdest things I've ever seen in UFC history. So like Reese was kind of against the cage, hit a shot. Uh, and his mouthpiece flew out, and then, like flew underneath the grate, underneath the cage, and they spent about literally about ten minutes looking for the uh for the mouthpiece. Someone went to the back, got another mouthpiece, but I think by the time they had kind of gotten that, um, they had got the mouthpiece back off, washed it off, and they kept fighting. I I, I did, okay. A few things have happened like that before, actually. Uh, um, I think it was Dan Tom put it up. Uh, last night or maybe it was uh, yeah. I, th- I think it was Dan Tom put it up about another fight that happened before but years and years ago and there's been the spilled bag of ice I was at a cage legacy fight once where like the cage warped up or downwards and then um, when the lads had to go underneath the cage and like push it back up <laughs> so I so saw the, the timber kind of get back up yeah. it's a bad thing, have you ever seen oh, that, that like
1: a, I don't know what it was, I think it was like a man of war or something mm-hmm. years ago something like that, I can't remember the exact show and there was like a chandelier oh, yeah. in uh, over the <laughs> over the ring or over the cage and it was some big slam or something I can't remember exactly but the bits of the chandelier like fucking all over the fucking cage like and I also remember uh, Jake Ellenberger didn't his ankle get stuck yeah. in between the like canvas and the cage and like TKO'd by the cage
0: yeah and the referee didn't even stop it or anything yeah, that was who, who, who was that he was fighting someone good wasn't he in that fight that was like that was a meaningful fight as well oh, I can't remember. That fight. yeah it was yeah that that, that that definitely did happen as well but yeah interesting um Interesting to what happens next with Reese and hopefully gets another shot and look credit to Alex Moreno as well we I know we're biased towards the Irish guys so uh good good performance yeah. as well from Alex Moreno He's Morone. coming
1: back off uh, getting KO'd yeah. by uh by your man what's his name from from the Chaos Williams or, uh, Chaos
0: yeah 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 so, yeah, so like,
1: it, yeah, it, obviously when you get knocked out, it's obviously kind of it can be guys can be kind of tentative or mm-hmm. slow to, to get going again. But Mor- Morano definitely wasn't. So fair play to him. It was, it was a very good win for him, like I thought. I thought it'd be a, a close fight, but I thought Reese might be able to probably do enough, and Morano definitely uh, rose to the occasion, um, and Reese kind of didn't.
0: One hundred percent. We'll just have a quick look at next week's card before we move on to the other cards that happened this week. No, it's it's a card that if you're uh, someone who doesn't watch MMA and you look at this, and you're thought, oh, who are these people? You know, maybe I know Shevchenko or something like that, but. I think it's not a bad card overall. You have some very good fights like uh, Ariane Lipsky versus Antonina Shevchenko. I think that's a good fight. Jacqueline Buckley, who we know from the that big fucking jumping, spinning, wheel kick greatest KO in UFC history. He's fighting Jordan, right? Brandon good boy, Mer- Mark yeah, Brandon not He's definitely <laughs> not my boy. Brandon Marino versus Brandon Rival. That's a fucking brilliant fight. Cracking fight. The, the rematch of Shogun versus Paul Hughes. Kagan versus Calvillo. That's a meaningful fight in that division. Uh, Mike Perry versus Tim Means and in the two flyaway title fights uh, Valentina Shashenko Jennifer Maya and Davidson Figueiredo versus Alex Perez do you, do you think in the two title fights that either of them can kind of put up a fight or do you just think it'll be walkovers for both Figueiredo and Shashenko
1: yeah I think for Shashenko it'll be a stroll um, Perez might cause a few problems but I, I'd be very surprised if Figueiredo wasn't, wasn't leaving here with his, with, with his belt in a, another victory Um yeah, the Mike Perry Tim Means fight is—it's it's hard to pick. You'd probably have to—I mm, don't know—maybe Mike Perry. But Mike Perry is like every time I see him fight, he kind of looks like he's there for the taking, and yeah. even when he wins. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, that one could go either way. Um, uh, yeah, the the rematch with Shogun and Paul Craig—I don't know if anybody was calling for that, but oh. somehow we got it.
0: Would have been good in Glasgow, maybe, but, yeah, on, on this character. It's a good fight, though. I don't mind seeing that. I, I think the um, Mike Perry reminds me a little bit of Paul Felder in terms of, like, he is... If you were to look at Mike Perry and say his style, he's, like, a power striker, even though he doesn't really knock anyone out <laughs> that often, like, or knock a not high-level competition out. I think Felder's similar. Like, he doesn't... He, he, I was looking at his record last night. Okay, he knocked a couple of guys out in 2017, but, no... Like, he's never knocked out, like, a big name. And I think, well, he probably has back in the day somewhere, but... Mike Perry is the same, and that's a very taxing way to fight if you're not knocking the people out. And Tim Means is long and smart as well. Now Tim Means has taken a lot of shots over the years, so maybe this is the fight where he does knock someone out. But yeah, uh, like I think the the Maya fight against uh, against Shashink, Obviously, Maya came in in her last fight and was able to uh, to beat Joanne Calderwoods by a, and she like she has that that submission threat. You know, she won nine, uh, nine, by, submi- uh, nine by decision, five by uh, submission, and four by knockout. So, like, I, I think if you're fighting someone like Shinko, you probably need more of a threat than that. You know, she's lost to Chuka again a couple of fights ago, which probably doesn't bode well for her. She had some good wins, Alexis Davis and Roxanne Mataferi, but... I yeah I struggle to see her uh, her winning this I think Shevchenko will just do what Shevchenko does you know use her jabs step in with elbows maybe get some clinches you know maybe she could take it to the ground that might be a little bit dangerous but I I think uh, I think Shevchenko will kind of just walk through her and then the Perez fight like I think Perez he beat Formiga by TKO leg kicks in his last fight he beat Jordan Espinoza before that and Mark De La Rosa for losing to Joseph Benavides. But he's a he's a really exciting fighter. I think he's the sort of the guy who will go out there and he will throw his hands and make it an exciting fight, which against Figueiredo will probably play into his hands. I think Figueiredo is someone, might be like one of the most underrated fighters in the UFC at the moment, which tends to happen in, in the flyweight division. But he's a really, really good fighter. <coughs> and um, I think he's someone who uh who will go on to kind of dominate that division. Now, I'm saying that Perez will probably go <laughs> out and beat him. But uh, yeah, I think it's... Uh, I think that's a, a really good fight, but I think it's one that'll be a good kind of like two round fight until Figueiredo kind of knocks him out maybe. But uh, yeah, look, look, looking forward to uh, kind of two demolition jobs at the top of the cards. Perry versus Mean should be fun. Chukagan Calvillo, it's an interesting fight. If it goes Chukagan's way, it might be a bit boring, but if it goes Calvillo's way, it might be a big win and mean a lot for that division. Uh, and Shogun versus Craig is fun as well, and the, the undercard is all fun. Nicholas Dalby as well back here against Daniel Rodriguez, Alan Juban on the under undercard. Uh, so yeah, it's some uh, some good fights there. Um, let's talk about uh, the the Pedro Carvalho versus P- uh, Patricia people. I did a a podcast over on Patreon about his Patreon forward slash severe male podcast. I actually didn't work for some people oddly, but anyway, we'll we'll talk about it a little bit here. Uh, I what did you think of it Graham? like Pitbull obviously came out and he kind of made it look easy a little bit. Pedro Carvalho he just he he went out and he tried to do what I thought he'd do put the pace on Pitbull, but Pitbull's striking was just too much. He was just too powerful, too quick, especially that left hand and caught him in yeah. and knocked him out. It was it was a a, a really good performance from Pitbull, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, uh, even before the knockout, there was a few big shots that seemed to to rattle uh, Pedro as well. Like, uh, you know, when you rush in, kind of open like that, it, it, at, at a lower level, it can it can it can work a lot better than mm-hmm. you know somebody like. Pitbull, who's well able to to fight in every kind of aspect of the game. If you're, he's able to counter. He's able to lead, and he's got big power. And it was obviously a tough ask for Pedro to 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 go there and win. But uh, as far as Pitbull goes, it was a it was an extremely good and efficient performance, and a, a great win for him.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Like it's you know, there's not much. Yeah, you know. it's one of those. Like, would you be a little bit worried? Like, if you're say an SPG fan coming in here and you see this happens, kind of, uh, Pedro Carvalho, um, Kiefer Crosby's last fight is maybe not a similar thing happened, but he kind of got boxed up a little bit on the feed. And we saw James Gallers. I say oh, it was a few years ago. It was a similar start to loss like that. Is that Would that be a worrying thing for you as, a, as, as an SVG fan That like a lot of their defeats And I know it's from a gym That produced Conor McGregor One of the best strikers We've seen in MMA history But is that a little bit of a worry Do you think?
1: Um. Yeah well I think this This fight was a bit Of an outmatched You know This, yeah, this Pedro uh, Pitbull fight Was a bit outmatched But yeah Over the years People have said You know That the That the kind of Boxing or striking basics Are uh, A are kind of Shown uh, sometime or a few times over the over the past few years to be lacking a bit with uh, with uh, some S.P.G. fighters, but yeah, I think like I think <laughs> not just S.P.G. a lot of guys from a lot of a lot of guys from a lot of camps, a lot of new kind of fighters, the like guys that have not been around since, for for maybe ten years or whatever. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have a lot of flashy kind of techniques or a lot of flashy strikes, but don't yeah. really have the like the bare basics down. Mm-hmm. I think everybody wants to be that, you know, that big KO highlight real striker or whatever. But you, you, in order to set all that stuff up, you you need the the left or right, the, the head movement. You need the you need the basics of yeah, and boxing I, and it, striking,
0: and that's kind of what people is. He like he he doesn't try anything crazy or mad. Like he throws a few kicks and stuff, but like he throws the basics well. He throws a nice jab, nice one two, nice left hook. You know, and you're you're dead right with that. And like I, I think carvalho is one of those guys yeah. where, well,
1: like people, like for example, you know. Conor McGregor when he first when he was first kind of making his rise, throwing those spinning kicks, all these mm-hmm. kind of highlight reel moves. But what was getting the job done was the the left, yeah, you know, the the boxing, yeah, the head movement, the range, the distance, the the, the left hand, the right, hand. like these are what sets everything else up. So yeah, I think obviously it's not the the most um, glamorous. uh or maybe it's like um you know it's more fun to train throwing taekwondo kicks than it is mm-hmm. to you know throw your jab bring it back to your chin <laughs> move your head like it's yeah. maybe more tedious but it's it's got to be done like uh, yeah I you, think, when you get to the highest level you're gonna get picked yeah. apart without it
0: a lot like this as well though I think a lot of people and I saw I think Artem Nabov coming out saying it and we we'll, uh, I think we'll and a few more people said. Pedro's the type of guy who will come back from this, you know, and he's still early in his career—about eleven and four, you know—only been fighting in, in yeah, SPGs He's 24, 25 nights. years old. Yeah. yeah, so like this is, and he's an exciting fighter, and he has some of those good fundamental techniques in terms of his go-forward striking, uh, get better defensively, head movement, and things like that. I, I think it, you know, it's probably it's not definitely not the end for Pedro Carvalho, and coming up against someone like Pitbull, you know, who's at thirty-five fights. You know, there's people talking about him as the best featherweight in the world, and I, and I put it out, uh, uh, where do you think uh, Patricia Pitbull is in terms of uh, how well how he doing do in the UFC? And a lot of people are saying you know, he'd fight for a championship or be top five or something like that, and we don't usually see that with Bellator guys. I think that tells you a lot about people now. Would he beat Volkanovski? Would he beat Holloway? He'd give him a good fight. Well, you know, I, it'd think, be a good fight. I think a lot
1: of times... A lot of times the hardcores want to say somebody who's not in the UFC is, like, back in the day, oh, every single pride guy was, like, the best guy, but then they came over. and Bellator's the opposite, I think. Like,
0: Bellator, people seem to always want to shit on Bellator fighters and not say they're as good as they are. Like... That happened, happened a little bit with Chandler yeah, at the moment. But
1: even though. when Rory Rory moved to Rory McDonald moved to Bellator, people were like, Oh, is he the best have they got the best welterweight in the world? It's like, no. No, he didn't absolutely not.
0: Well like, he why not? He he'd beaten Tyron Woodley at the time. I think that's by, by... Wonderboy.
1: Yeah, but he'd been destroyed by uh, Wonderboy. He'd been beaten badly by Robbie Lawler. Like uh, like he kinda you know, the the way he was discarded by Wonderboy just showed that he was nowhere near nowhere near the level yeah but anymore.
0: no one no one's near the level of one i don't
1: think i don't think warren ever was to be honest i don't think one. i don't think um Rory ever was as good as people made him out to be like i i remember when he came in and people were like real impressed with his his performance against carlos condit and thought he won the fight and i was just mm-hmm. like what are they talking about and it was just kind of just like gsp was hyping him up so it was kind of like oh he's an next gsp that that kind of narrative i think kind of tainted people's or clouded people's opinion of if you actually look at what warren mcdonald actually did he was never elite, never. Oh, fucking. I know him. that's a side point, but he was...
0: <laughs> I wasn't expecting Rory McDonald to get fucking attacked here in the middle of. The yeah,
1: but you you know, but when, when he goes to Bellator, yeah. you hear people saying, "Oh, I think oh, I don't know. It's it's like a contrary opinion that people like to have. I think a lot of the time as well that maybe they know deep down that that's not true." Yeah,
0: yeah you know, I, mean, I don't
1: think uh, Pitbull's going in there against Volkanovski and and winning. I don't think so. Um, yeah, Max Holloway, I don't no. think he's beating him. Yeah. he's definitely good but I, I I definitely don't think he's the, the best featherweight in the world like he could go out and prove me wrong but I'd be I'd be surprised
0: yeah I don't think he'd beat either of those guys as well but like would he beat Megamed Sharapov would he beat Chan Sung Jung or Josh Emmett or like I think he'd beat most of those guys I think he'd destroy Jeremy Stevens, I think he'd beat the yeah. likes of Dan we're and Burgos the best,
1: the best in the world
0: mm. yeah yeah, yeah, because the difference a story, between yeah.
1: between one of the top guys and being the best guy.
0: Yeah, that is very true. That is very true. Uh, anyway, elsewhere on that card, uh, well, Pitbull goes on in this Bellator where tournaments has been going on for fucking ever. Uh, he's fighting Sanchez, I believe. Oh yeah, Emmanuel Sanchez is a good win on this card.
1: The tournament, the tournament the tournaments in Bellator aren't the same without Joe Warren in every division
0: yeah <laughs> just leg, leg <laughs> Never used
1: to fight every fucking tournament <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah man, so. Joe Warren bring Mexico bring back Bjorn Ribney. Um but yeah Emmanuel Sanchez had a great win here just kind of put on a pace and won fight a cardio over Daniel Veitchel but a, a good uh, good win there uh, Yaroslav Amosov in the co-main event beat Logan Storley as well um, A kind of a grueling sort of fight with a lot of uh, a lot of exchanges and a lot of ground fighting and and you know, not the best fight in the world, but a, a good, grueling sort of fight, the kind of fight I like. Um, under that, then we'll get to Aaron Pico on a second, but Kerry Taylor Melinda's, I thought she looked phenomenal. She got a uh, first round rear naked choke, her striking looked really good. Okay, Emily King four, felt a 4 and 4 now, but she had a good performance in her last fight, so I think that's a little bit of a better win than maybe it looked there. People were making out. Uh, Manny more are going to win jarna Lugo Lucas Brennan Roman Fernaldo, Trevor Guida but Aaron Pico like Arn Pico is a weird one because I, I made this point over in the podcast I didn't Patreon but I'll make it here again quickly I, I'd be interested to see what you think like I think Aaron Pico because of like the defeats he's had earlier, because of the, the early defeats he's had in his career has been changed into a fighter where he is being kind of more careful and more safe and more intelligent in terms of his game plan. And I actually don't think that suits Aaron Pico as a fighter or as an athlete. And that's mm. that's maybe an odd thing to say. But like I think Aaron Pico, right, if he had won his first fight and he become, you know, go to 10 and all or whatever it is. Well, how many fights? You know, he's you know, 10 fights. Yeah, so if he's 10 and all right now, I think... Aaron Pico would be like this explosive monster fighting really hard for the first two or three rounds, and obviously, didn't fighters have to change when they get into championship fights and things like that to to fight over five rounds? But we always see that. But I think Pico is, you know, made or is designed to be a fighter like, you know, Vitor Belfort or Conor McGregor or something like that. Yeah. Fast twitch fighter. And he's not that anymore. And I think that takes away something from him. Now, he's very good. And we obviously saw he, he has bits of the fast twitch when he knocks a guy out like this with a big overhand right. But I just don't think Aaron Pico is the fighter that he is like supposed to be or he is destined to be because of those early losses in his career. What, what do you think?
1: Well, maybe maybe those early losses and how he lost them. I think his first fight he got dropped with a big overhand and then guillotined. Yeah. So and then he had two KO losses in a row. So maybe his chin isn't isn't up to it. You know, isn't up to that style of fighting. Maybe he's maybe it's not even just his chin. Maybe it's in in his in his mind. He's more afraid to take these shots. And as you were saying, if he had been kind of if he had been slow rolled more, maybe he wouldn't have this kind of complex of of not not wanting to do that but you know it it makes sense you know if his camp is what he's saying here you're this wrestler so why don't you go out and play it safe and wrestle and you know just take the win Mm -hmm. obviously you know he, he he still is finishing people you know he's three finishes in a row now for him so it's 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 still early days in his career I know he's 10 fights in but it's still early days in his career he obviously at the time we kind of said he took the step up too early and kind of got proven when he got, got finished twice in a row but I think maybe with this uh, I probably think that this game plan this or this new kind of perspective on how to fight would do him better against the likes of Henry Corrales or Adam barch he probably stand a better chance of winning with a kind of safer more wrestling based uh, game plan against them so yeah, I know what you mean for excitement and for you know for the for the for the fun of it or for the watching public's entertainment. It'd be great if he went out there and fought like a Vitor Belfort or whatever. But I don't I don't know if that's the smartest um, game plan with his attributes of kind of possibly being chinny and being this this superb yeah. wrestler.
0: Yeah, you're you're right, but I just think. I, it's not that I, I disagree with what he's doing at the moment, it's that I think if it had gone a different way and he could fight a different way with more confidence right now, it would actually suit him better. Like, he couldn't go on fighting the way I want him to fight because he fought like that early and it didn't go well for him. But the fact that he was matched, the matchmaking was too hard for him. I think everyone agrees with that early in his career. And that's why you know when people talk about padding records and I like, hate that shit people like Pico like people, you know, people early in their career need to have fights to get used to it. They need to have fights. You know, I remember we were talking about it at the time and you called it like straight out. And this is a guy who, you know, what was his name? Luke Freeman or whatever his name was. He was like fucking 25 feather and fighting Pico on his debut. And they're like, and Pico's never had a fight in his life. You know, people talk about, okay, he's done Golden Gloves boxing and wrestling and stuff. That's not an MMA fight. It's very, very different. Yeah, it's and, not MMA. <laughs> yeah, that's very, very different. It's not a fucking fifth fight in the middle of a cage in front of 5,000 people, or, well, 2,000 people, probably Bellator, but you know what I mean? It's it's very, very different. So, uh, yeah, see, it's interesting for a Pico. Now, maybe Pico changes, and when he, you know, maybe he gets to, like, 15-3, and 3 and then he gets back to that and gets more confident again. I'm not, like, I'm not ruling that out. I'm more comfortable on the feet,
1: like, you know, he's been been fighting MMA for three years, you know. It's easy to forget with all the hype around him and all that stuff, but, you know, he's very early in his MMA career. Obviously, as you said, he has these, everybody seems to have golden gloves, credentials or whatever, but, you know, the wrestling is definitely, you know, he's been wrestling his whole life. and it, it, Three years is, you know, he's had a lot of fights in three years and he's developed in three years, but three years is not that long in MMA at all.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, right, we'll be here all evening, but there was a good KSW card uh, as well. I'm sure Sean will have you on all of that. Max Koga, who's supposed to fight for the, be- or the uh, Cage Warriors title here recently, signed for KSW and ended up losing to Daniel Torres here uh, via decision. Um, Mariusz Romskis, won here again. Obviously, <laughs> been around for a long time. Uh, Thomas Narcoon got a really, really good rear naked choke in the second round. And the main event, Roberto Saldage gone up and went to fight a middleweight. Looked absolutely jacked what the fuck. Just that left hand of Saldic is one of the best weapons in MMA. Uh, and ended up knocking out Mikhail Mitterla, who's been around for a long, long time. Uh, and look, at just a devastating win there for Saldic. A really good... Like, KSW put on some really good fights. There was a few people talking about him fighting Kaladov. Going up and wait again to fight Kaladov at one... Uh, or a two oh five for not necessarily if I'm going mad But um I look that was fighting in middleweight as well. But yeah, I, I I don't know, that's that'd be a good fight as well, but Salich is is really, really good. I'd love to see him fighting in the UFC and uh fighting um you know, fighting in some big fights, I think he's well able for it, but uh, yeah, really, really good win there for, for Kaladov. Next week's card then coming up as well, there's a really good Invicta card actually, they have the £115 title on the line, Emily Ducote against Montserrat Ruiz who's 9-1, and and then Kayla Harrison is on that card as well, she got led out by the PFL to fight, she's fighting Courtney King who's 4-1 and uh, Stephanie Geltmacher is fighting on that card as well, and all the the best up-and-coming women uh, in the world obviously are are. Uh, a lot of them around that Invicta card, Bellator two five two as well. We talked about the UFC card coming up next week. Really good Bellator card coming up. Um, Darian Caldwell versus AJ McKee Jr. in the the featherweight tournament as well. Five rounds uh, at one forty five. AJ McKee sixteen and 0 arguably the best prospect in the world against Darian Caldwell has been around for a long long time and a guy with a a lot of experience as well. You know, had some really good wins in in his career. Was the was the champion, if I'm not mistaken, lost it to... Uh, did he lose... It? Yeah, he lost... Uh, well, no, sorry. He lost the vacant title to Kyoji Haraguchi. He's beaten the likes of Henry Corrales, Adam Borrocks, who's looked good recently, you know, beaten Luandro Higo, warned Dantas, your favourite fighter, beating Joe Warren. Like, he's beaten all the, the staples of Bellator. So, that's a tough fight for, uh, for AJ McKee. Really good fight. I'd probably pick McKee in, in that one yeah. uh, as well, but... Mm. Oh, do you rate him? I don't know. You? No? You don't think so?
1: Like... I, I I think AJ McKee is a very good fighter, but this is a really hard fight to pick for me. Darian Cole was obviously a, a really good wrestler as well, and it's, it's going to be interesting to see if he can, if he can get that going against AJ McKee. Obviously, McKee's uh, very well rounded, uh, been in in the game a long time, sixty to zero is nothing to be sniffed at. But this is a this is a big tough matchup for him. It's it's this could go either way, in my opinion. This is a very difficult one to pick
0: that's interesting yeah, it's probably, you're probably right in fairness but I just think AJ McKee is just you know he's just too good I think this is a you know a big step up from him well. he's some good wins don't get me wrong he fought Derry Campos George Carcanyon Pat Kern, Daniel Crawford and you know beat Brian Moore now that really good fight that happened in Dublin uh, but this is this is a real step up in his career as well against Darian Caldwell and it's a really interesting fight that I'd be looking forward to I, it's happening I presume on Thursday again they seem to all have Thursday cards so it's uh, a really good fight I love this Benson Henderson Jason Jackson fight as well. I know, Jason Jackson got very unlucky against Ed Ruth, He'd he'd be thirteen and three only for that twelve and four at the moment against Benson Henderson. I, I'd be very surprised if this wasn't a close three round uh, decision. To be honest, because they both kind of fight maybe this similar way. But Jackson has that power as well at times. Now Vincent Henderson is a very good chin, very hard to knock out. But I believe he was knocked out recently, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, that's a really good fight. I like that as well. Um, Joy Diaz versus Joy Diaz, Joy Davis. Sorry, Joy, that'd be fun versus Bobby Lee. Joy Davis, seven and all wrestler. Uh, Rafion Stott versus uh, Keith Lee. Uh, Jeremy Kennedy Mike Bazette, Lance Gibson Jr Shane Crutch and Baby Slices on this card uh, as well and some other people so yeah not a bad card at all by, by Bellator this weekend so some good uh, MMA coming up over uh, over the next week all around the place um, Cage Warriors coming back as well in December with three cards we have Andy Stevenson put up a few of them I think the uh, Joe McColgan fight has been announced um, I think John Mitchell is actually off the cards um, so, uh, that's unfortunate for him. Jack Maguire, I think, has been announced for on the card. And I'm sure the likes of, you know, Ian Gary, Paul, Paul Hughes has been tweeting about it. Uh, he No opponent put up yet, but he's, I'm sure he has the opponent and also, you know, be, And we're going to do a Zoom, Graham. We're going to do a Zoom for one of those Cage Hopefully, all the Irish lads are putting on one of those Cage Warriors cards and we'll do, like, a live Zoom watch-along for one of the Cage Warriors cards. So, sign up, patreon.com forward slash severe mma podcast and uh yeah do that help us help you um manscape.com as well use a promo code severe mega 20 percent off and free shipping graham anything uh big or exciting before yeah, we go yeah,
1: good be a good christmas present for uh, a disheveled friend or or parent who needs uh need some help down below <laughs> yeah, manscape.com so
0: i know we have a lot of, uh, a lot of sure women listening. uh your boyfriend might need it or your you know your brother or something like that in manscape they do nice t-shirts and underwear and everything like that so yeah that's very good
1: yeah and at the moment uh, at the moment when you go to manscape.com and use this very code you also get a free carrier bag with the oh, with the performance package i think it's called oh okay so uh, yeah, get on that before Christmas. If you, uh, I'm not sure when when that offer expires, but uh, they sent me a nice a nice carry bag with it as well. So keep keep everything. F- Stop me from losing it Like you did John.
0: Yeah indeed uh, <laughs> is, is that, Are you talking about Like the, the brown uh, Leather one Is that the kind of uh, The travel brown bag, and black yeah, yeah, yeah I have that as well That's fucking yeah. class It's Like I, I'm uh, I'm an awful stickler For whenever I'm going away for like hotels I always travel up to Dublin For events stuff. So I love to have One of them back, And this is the best one I've ever had It's actually Take away like The the sponsorship and everything It's actually really really good So it's uh, yeah, it's worth uh, the money alone getting that. But anyway, manscaped.com, code severe, man. what, what do you think, before, Graham, before we go? The fucking are Liverpool, are they, they fried altogether? together? Joe Gomez out for three or four months? Same with Dos Anjos, oh, yeah. uh, v- uh, what's his name? Um, Virgil, you're, you're in trouble, are you? Yeah, well, I think uh,
1: apparently, uh, apparently it was a kneecap uh, injury for Joe Gomez. I know all the media were saying tendon, but you know, Hashtag fake news and all that. Yeah. Don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he'll be back in you know two or three months. He's rubbish anyway. Well. No, so
0: like, what difference does
1: that make? Uh, world world champion uh, Joe Gomez to you, Sean. Uh, he's been he's been a reigning world champion for a long time now. No? Rubbish, yeah, anyway. uh, yeah. Fabinho. Hopefully Fabinho will be back, and you know, uh, if by some miracle Joe Madep can play, you know, two games in a row, especially when when the fixture list is like the december fixture list every month of the year yeah. a game every three days or whatever it's going to be very hard for man to stay fit as well so it's vital to get Fabinho back fit. We might even see Henderson or Thiago starting and fucking send it back if, if the way things are going.
0: What's the crack with Thiago? He's barely played. Like is he, is he injured or?
1: Yeah, uh, R- R- tried to try to break his leg right before he played a beautiful pass uh, that was onside for the winning goal that was ruled offside um, <laughs> just for no reason. Um, like they, it's it's crazy. They, they, like there's nothing clear and obvious about that. You don't have the camera angle. Mm-hmm. to show the whole picture so you're freezing it when we can't even see where the ball's been pick. the 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 frame rate isn't good enough yeah. uh the angle of the camera wasn't straight so how can you possibly say that's clear and obvious mistake and give that when it's clearly onside is is just ridiculous but anyway tiago got injured right before that with a attempted leg breaker from a uh-huh. uh yeah so he's been he's been out since then so hopefully hopefully that's not too bad like it's uh it's kind of you know the bane of Thiago's career. Like he's just injured half every season, even yeah. throughout poor his on, whole career. Poor he, he can't he can't stay fit. I know this wasn't his fault. You know, where Charleston puts in a like a horrific tackle. There's not much you can do about that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I think uh, you know we kind of knew when Thiago was coming in that he wouldn't play all the games, but we expect him to play a bit more than this. But I think um if we can keep if Liverpool can keep him fit and he's he's gonna be absolutely vital to unlocking these uh these eleven men behind the ball teams.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well actually one thing is though, you mentioned technology and I'm totally against technology in sports, but I, I don't know if you're watching that, like um there was a boxing match on Kelbrook against Bud Crawford, but there was a fight before that. And uh, this guy got his eye closed up and they stopped the fight and then it was in nevada in in las vegas so they looked at the instant replay right and it took 27 minutes for them to get their decision, and there was no headbutt, right, they they look back at it, they showed replays, all of their replay, literally the whole fight in slow motion, or the whole round in slow motion, fought and found no headbutt, it was all jabs, his eye closed because of jabs, and in the commission, sti- still gave a no contest via headbutt, even though there was no headbutt, they found, like, them the grazed heads, or grazed necks, even, and it was at the opposite side to where his eye closed up, and they still gave it, like, if you these people you know people look for they want uh, instant replay in the middle of fights strange in MMA. strange
1: strange happenings in uh boxing results mm, i don't i don't i don't believe
0: it <laughs> yeah yeah Bob, Bob Arum was like i'm getting the fuck out of las vegas <laughs> that was so fucking funny but yeah for people like we've had the debate before about uh, instant replay oh just go, please go back and take that 27 minutes to watch that fight what happened at the end and then tell me if you want instant replay it's the same thing it's not just this is a boxing problem well, I this think is people Nevada want, Commission I
1: think people want instant replay and like for example in, in soccer or football if the refs weren't referees weren't so terrible at their jobs then technology would be great it's it's not the technology that's the problem it's the people using the technology that's the problem yeah, I, like if I, they knew I, how to use the technology properly and were able to make a decision then yeah, and if they follow the rules, like it's meant to be, you overturn clear and obvious shit. You don't just overturn something for no reason with no evidence, and uh, uh, just because yeah. I don't know. No, the, uh,
0: I think that's a problem. If they follow the rules, so if, if these incompetent problem, yeah.
1: fools are able to follow simple protocol, then this technology will be fantastic.
0: Uh, the problem with that is technology has made it worse because now they rely on it and they can't use that thing they rely on to that's make the right decision so, yeah, that's, not, is, that's uh...
1: not the technology that's the cowardly, coward cowardice of yeah, the which... referees and the <laughs> lack of bottle to actually make a decision linesmen won't even put up his flag anymore people are like getting yeah. like their whole knees torn apart because, uh, for no reason just because the ref won't, the linesman won't put up their flag it's just ridiculous
0: go on Jordan the legend fucking greatest player of all time I hate technology I'd like I think
1: you have the technology you watch back you watch back Pickford uh, you know scissor destroying a knee uh, and uh, you say oh that was all okay there's something wrong with the referees there's nothing wrong with the technology you know you can't just just because somebody's offside you can't just go and try to break their leg that's not in the rules like it's violent conduct it's like assault
0: Fair play. Dark like it's just
1: fucking ridiculous.
0: Ruben Diaz going you know, like, a it from it.
1: It, it, It's it, it's it's the fools looking at the technology that can't work it. Sometimes you see them trying to draw lines on the pitch and they can't even fucking do it. Like I it's it's, it's an embarrassment. Did These referees, that. not the VAR. The VAR is the VAR is like has its flaws or whatever. Like they, they they don't have the fucking frame rate to. Make these calls that they're making, but then mm-hmm. then it should go to the okay. It's not clear and obvious. We go with the referee's decision.
0: Did you see? Great, the, uh, but they're not
1: doing that. They're too incompetent. Did
0: you see the Patrick Bamford goal there last week? Like it, it was given offside because he's goal it, Oh, there was nothing wrong with that goal. I like I. Yeah. Whatever about VAR But this offside thing They just need to get rid of it Let let it go back to the linesman calling. Like the linesman used to do a great job I think Okay they, some, they made mistakes no, or whatever? No they didn't, no, they, they, didn't. No, they, did. they, they used they, to make they,
1: horrible mistakes all the time
0: No but it's way better than the, what we have at the moment I, I can understand someone making a human error I can't understand these so fucking stupid lines scored a goal against
1: Liverpool When Valencia was like three yards offside And it's just like absolutely You know those ones Need VA or if you're three yards offside, it's obvious. Let's yeah, have a quick look. One yeah. second, boom, offside. If, if it's not clear and obvious, mm-hmm. then fucking if you need to draw all these lines for 20 minutes, Just then fuck us, it. Yeah. It's not clear and obvious. Let's go with the I referees. Agree more. We, don't have agree the te- we don't have the technology to know if his ours hair is offside or not. yeah Is that an art <laughs> hair or is that a pixel on the fucking screen? Yeah. Who knows?
0: It's terrible. It's, ter- it's actually like it's so. St- illogical and stupid it's like I, I, I agree with you if you have to draw the lines it's not offside I think that should be the, or we go with the, the the decision on the field or whatever it might be but it's oh, I hate it I, I hate it. like the only technology I like is like like Hawkeye and GA Air and tennis because that's you could do it in after the play has happened the ball's gone wide or whatever or the goal line technology in soccer it flashes on the the thing it has no impact on the game makes no difference you get the right decision Did. We have an impact on the game and the same with, uh, in, uh, in MMA and in boxing as well with this instant replay bullshit. It has an impact on the sport and you still don't get the right decision a lot of the time. So wh- why use it? Like it makes fucking no sense. But anyway, right. That's it. Thanks everybody for listening to an extra long podcast this week. Uh, we shall be back next week. I shall be back with the Q&A. Patreon.com forward slash May podcast. For all of that good stuff up Limerick today. Hopefully we beat Waterford out the gate. Going to walk the All-Ireland again. Um, so uh, congratulations to, uh, to the Limerick team before they even play today and win. Because we're obviously going to win because we're so class. But uh, Anyway, uh, that's all from us. And All that's left to do is the inspirational quote of the week. Change is hard at first Messy in the middle And gorgeous at the end We'll see you next Tuesday or Monday or Friday or whatever